If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and that's me, too scared to watch (laughs) scary movies. And I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I enjoy watching scary movies. Mm -hmm. And that's all, folks. That's a wrap. And that is an original phrase. (laughs) Both of those we invented. (laughs) Um... Here's another thing I invented. What's up? What's up, you guys? <laughs> a, a thing that is up with me, cool phrase, by the mm-hmm. way, um, is that... <laughs> Thank you. I think it will catch on. Super cool. Um, I have bought a few plants now, and I... Every time we see you, it's like comedically like heightened <laughs> this many more plants. A new plant in the frame. Um, yeah. well, okay. So I bought this big one, which is not real because I actually am very bad at keeping plants alive, but it's mm-hmm. big. And the day that I got it, literally every time I walked into the room, I thought it was a man standing in the corner of my, <laughs> <laughs> I was like a shape that I wasn't used to. And it happened comically like so many times, like it, it was happening truly every two minutes. Like I would turn my head and be like, Oh, a man. <laughs> It does kind of look like a man. It's the right height with two two heads. It's the right height. It's three arms. Yeah. Um, And so I was just like, definitely, yeah. It just plant shaped man kept spooking me over and over. It got me so many times, and now I'm I'm finally. (laughs) And you hate jump scares. I hate it. And and my biggest. You also don't like strange men in your apartment. Yes, I was going to say my biggest fear is like my biggest fear is seeing a man just hiding in the corner. Um, so it was, yeah, both of the things I don't like. Um, but I'm used to it now and we've grown accustomed to each other and we are all good. Um, Emily, did anything happen Interesting happen to you this week? Um, yeah, I got really, really into crafting with clay. <laughs> oh my God. We have similar, we have similar things. I have made, I'm this Barrette that's in my hair right now. Love it. Uh, I, Ooh, I made really a bunch. Good. Thank you. I made a bunch more. Here's one. Whoa. Here's one. You're gonna have to post some pics. Earrings. Those are good. I've made so much shit and I can't stop and I will not stop. And this is me now. That's fun. We all gotta find a craft in this time. This is crazy because mine was about how I'm trying to teach myself how to draw. Oh, drawing is hard, Henley. Drawing is so hard. I hate drawing because okay. I'm bad at it. <laughs> I hate it too, but I desperately need some to to have an activity to do with my hands. That's I need to have an activity that's not staring at a screen. Yeah. Or mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. like reading, honestly. Yeah. Um and so I was like, I'm gonna Trying to learn how to draw. 
And, I and now you, when you say try to learn, are you like watching? You guys, I will show classes, you. Or? I will show you. And then we'll we'll probably have to post some pics. Although yeah, I'm like we're so gonna have to post pics of all too. of all of these crafts because so this is a very visual. This is almost like a little show and tell happening. I know it's too. Yeah, visual. we're doing a little show and tell. I'm so sorry, it's too visual. But I just want, <laughs> I just, I just want you guys to. I, the thing is, is that in order to be good at doing anything, you really have to focus and put your mind to it. Obviously, Ugh, and for obviously. drawing, I've found that. It's really wild how differently my brain can function. Like I can do something really well and then the next second it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, so I was trying to draw a horse. Oh boy. Okay, so this was when I was trying this this little head. Was when I was trying, <laughs> and it was, wait, no, this isn't the bad one. This is the good one. Oh, I, I got a sneak peek at the bad one. <laughs> no, this is the bad one. It looks like oh my God. a crazy bird. Oh my God, look at that body. Henley, what is happening? <laughs> what? That's a bird for sure. <laughs> have you seen a horse it makes me laugh so hard looking at it's it it's very funny it's so bad it's crazy you guys <laughs> here's the thing i've watched so many youtube videos about drawing now you guys almost as much as i've been drawing probably 10 times more than i've actually been drawing i've been watching youtube videos about drawing yeah that's the ratio you want to be at 10 to 1 10 to 1. And you can learn, you can learn how to draw. That This is what the can YouTube you, videos... Can you, Emily? Because you what, have yet to prove to me that that is what's happening. Listen, check back in 2021 because I am committed. <laughs> I'm going to send you close-up pictures of these horses. Please heads. do. That actually reminds me, I'm going to show you, I, I took an art class, self-portrait drawing class, and I'm, I'm going to show you. It's not as bad as Henley's horse, but it does not look like me, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> Guys, what? Who is this woman, and why doesn't she look like me? <laughs> <laughs> who is she? Who is she? You need a smaller. You need a much smaller head. <laughs> no, I think it's accurate. Um, Henley, you want to see my horse? It's one of the my favorite things I've ever drawn. It was in an art class, but it's just because it's it's from the butt, and but I I oh, like I its love body. It. <laughs> I just feel like I it's cool. It. It's really good, Sammy. Okay, so... Sammy, what's the movie we're doing? This week's movie is the winner of our classic movie bracket by one vote. <gasps> real close. And it is Halloween. It came out in 1978. Directed by John Carpenter. Written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance, Tony Moran, and Nancy Kais. Um, and what a classic it is, you guys. <laughs> Ooh, what a classic. I had never seen it. And just for any listeners that haven't listened to all of the episodes, I feel like my role is a little more confusing because I also didn't like scary movies until later in life. And so there's a lot of the classics that I have missed. So this was my first time seeing this movie. And through this podcast, I've just gained more and more of an appreciation of horror films. And so it was really fun watching this because it feels like a very genre defining movie. Was it scary? I guess you'll tell us. I'll tell you. <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> 
Just rip the Band-Aid off, Sammy. How scary was it? <laughs> you, know, scary. you know, I did not think it was scary, but I think that's just because horror movies have changed so much. I bet I would find it scary. Yeah, I mean, it is scary. It, it does have some scary stuff. I was not too scared, but I'm incredibly brave now, so. Right. You are. Well, isn't the... I don't actually know, but isn't the concept that um, a person is like randomly or a young man is like randomly killing people in their homes on Halloween? Yeah. Isn't that the general gist? Um, that's like the scariest thing to think about happening for sure. Yeah. You know, like that's the scariest concept to me is like random murders. In and he wears home. a mask, right? Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Ugh. I don't know why that's scarier, but it is. Masks are scary. But they're also important and you should wear them outside. <laughs> right. And they're <laughs> for public right. health reasons. Hi, everybody. It is cocktail hour. And this week's cocktail is a killer punch. To make this drink, you will need one ounce of vodka, a half an ounce of Midori melon liqueur, a half an ounce of Disarono, a half an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, and three and a half ounces of cranberry juice. You will shake all ingredients with ice and strain into an ice-filled Collins glass and garnish with a lime wedge. Cheers. Should we get into trivia? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Did this make Jamie Lee Curtis famous or was she famous before okay, this? Okay, so great question. That's my. That's exactly my question, too. Um, in the opening credits, it is. it says, introducing Jamie Lee Curtis. So this was her, oh, I love that was shit. her first film. And I didn't know this, and horror fans are probably going to be so mad at me about this, but she is Janet Lee's daughter. Janet Lee is the star of Psycho. From this, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. I did know that somehow. And so John Carpenter actually cast her because of that. <laughs> Fucking Hollywood insider. The rich get richer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, and Jamie Lee Curtis was paid $8,000 for this role. The rich get richer. <laughs> <laughs> and the budget for this film was $325,000. It went on mm -hmm. to make $47 million. Holy shit. Whoa. And it was the most profitable independent film until Blair Witch Project. Damn. Those numbers seem to add up. Yeah. I just did a little cross check, you know. Oh, I saw the the cogs turning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the mask, the scary mask, is a William Shatner mask with the eyebrows removed and painted white. It's like a Captain Kirk mask from Star Trek. That makes more sense than just a regular William Shatner mask. <laughs> I was like, who is mass producing these William Shatner masks? <laughs> you know, when I I didn't watch the original Star Trek ever. I mean, I still haven't seen it, but like growing um, yeah. up, I, you know, as a kid, it's not a thing that I watch. Same. So for must, much of my life, William Shatner to me was only... The guy from Miss Congeniality. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's that's who he is. That's what he's known for. That's it. <laughs> and that's what's up. And that's, and that's what's, what's up. up. And that is what's up. Oh, that's going to catch on. I can feel it. <laughs> and this is Michael Myers? No. This is Michael Myers. Yes. I always confused it with Friday the 13th with which is Jason Voorhees. He is in the um, hockey mask. 
And which one's Freddy? Freddy is Nightmare on Elm Street. My God. I always got confused because I always thought people were talking about Mike Myers as in Oh, well, that was the Austin other thing. Confusing. That was the other thing I was going to say is William Shat. One of the trivias was William Shatner is really not pleased that his a mask of his likeness was used to embody evil. <laughs> I don't blame him. And Mike Myers similarly was not pleased to share a name with this um, murderous villain. Interesting complaints. Um, should we watch the trailer? I think that we should. Let's watch the goddamn trailer. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. Michael? I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. I feel like that trailer was 20 minutes long. It was really long. Yeah, me too. I stopped at one point and was like, has it been five minutes? (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I kept checking the time. And in the beginning, it's like different cuts of the movie. And then at the end, it's just a full scene of the movie. (laughs) Trailers trailers have changed. Um, (laughs) But you got a little taste of that, of that score. One of the, I feel like, most famous scores of all time. And John Carpenter was the composer. Wow. Hey, look at that. So let's get into it. I want to hear everything. I want to hear everything about it. I want to, I don't know. I, I, the trailer, it's hard to, the only thing I have to say about it is like, whoa, Jamie Lee Curtis is so young. She was so young. I mean, so young. How old was she? I actually am not positive, but I saw something because they're supposed to be in high school and of her and her friends, she was apparently the only one that was actually a teenager at the time. But I believe she was probably 19. Wow. That's very young. She's great. That's wild. It's the bleakest time of the year. So you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County. And they've been around for 10 years and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. 
And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for a hundred dollars off your first six bottles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, okay, so we open on the opening credits, which is just over black with a jack-o'-lantern on the side and a slow zoom in to the jack-o'-lantern's eye with that iconic score happening. The After opening credits, we get a title card that says Haddonfield, Illinois. Halloween 1963. Then we go to a POV shot. This is kind of all in a single take. I think there are some cuts in it, but it's meant to seem like a single take of someone's POV looking in through a window in a house at a teenage girl and her boyfriend kind of fooling around on the couch. And the girl says, Michael's around here somewhere. I don't know, but let's go upstairs or whatever. So the girl and her boyfriend go upstairs and then the POV shot goes inside, goes into the kitchen, grabs a big old knife from the drawer and and then makes his way to the staircase. They're upstairs, the young couple. So the POV comes around the corner to the staircase. We see the boyfriend walking down the stairs. He's saying, it's getting late, Judith. I got to go home. See you later. And she's like, "Okay, bye. The boyfriend leaves. The POV goes upstairs, sees a clown mask on the ground, puts the clown mask on. So now the POV has little eye holes. And then we go into the bedroom where the girl is. She is fully naked, brushing her hair at a vanity mirror. She turns to camera and says, Michael. And then we see a knife come down into her a bunch of times killing her and then the pov turner turns around walks down the stairs walks out the front door a car pulls up it's their parents coming home and the dad says michael and we finally get a look at whose pov we've been viewing everything from and it is a six-year-old michael myers oh no um and he's really cute and he's in the little clown costume Evil child alert. Evil child alert. Check that off your bingo. And then we get another card that says Smith's Grove, Illinois, October 30th, 1978. And then we see a car, a government issue car driving in the rain and a man and a woman inside. So they are pulling up to a mental hospital and they're talking about an upcoming trial And she says to the man, what do I give him 
for the trial. And the man says, give him Thorazine. And she says, he'll barely be able to sit up if I give him Thorazine. He says, that's the idea. She says, you really don't ever want him getting out, do you? And he says, never, ever, ever. We come to learn that this man's name is Loomis. So he's not, he's not like the dad. He's not the dad. He's not the dad. He's the doctor. He's like the psychiatrist. Yes, exactly. We don't totally know that yet, but yes, that's right. It's pouring rain outside, and as they pull up, a bunch of the patients are wandering outside, like on a lawn, and the woman um, is very confused by it, and the guy's like, okay, just keep driving. Let's go up to the gate. Let's get in there. They pull up to the gate. He gets out of the car to, I don't know, punch some numbers into the gate. And while he's out of the car, we're inside the car with the woman and we see someone jump on top of the car. She doesn't notice there's a big thunderstorm happening, too. So it covers the sound and she hears a loud crack and rolls down her window to see what it is. And a hand reaches in and grabs her and is strangling her. She pulls away to the other side of the car and then a hand comes down and smashes the window on that side um she freaks out and jumps out of the car and as she jumps out of the car the man on top jumps into the car gets in drives away it was michael myers it was michael probably (laughs) probably it'd be wild if it weren't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just somebody else this is the B story <laughs> um, and then we get another card that says Haddonfield Halloween Day so we're back to where the beginning of the movie was taking place and now we meet um, Lori Strode who is Jamie Lee Curtis uh, she is walking to school she's in high school and as she's walking um, it's like a fall. Uh, one of the trivias that kept popping up was that it's a fall day in Chicago, but they filmed it in summer in Los Angeles. So they had bags of like <laughs> red leaves that they kept just tossing on the street. But apparently you can really see that it's not fall in Chicago pretty easily. Pretty different look regions, climates, <laughs> seasons. Yep, 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 yep. Just throw a bag of leaves in the shot. It'll be fine. That's how you do it. Um. So as she's walking, a little boy walks up to her. His name is Tommy, and he is a little boy that she babysits. And he's being kind of annoying, like, where are you going? What are you doing? And she says, oh, I have to go drop off a key at the Myers place because someone's come to look at, look at it. My dad is trying to sell it. Her dad is a realtor. And... Tommy says, you can't do that. Myers Place, that's a spooky place. Can't go there. And she's like, yeah, I can. I have to. And then we get a shot from inside the Myers Place as she's approaching the front porch to drop the key under the doormat. And she drops it under. And as she's walking away, Michael Myers pops into the frame. Is he wearing the mask already? You don't really get a look at him. It's kind of just like an over the shoulder. Um, and he's inside the house. He's inside the house. Yes. Looking out at her. Um, but so she's walking away and it's quite a long shot and slowly 
a man's frame or a man's body moves into the frame. So it's another over the shoulder shot of just her walking away and this man just watching her. You know, holds on it for like a minute. I don't know. He just does a great job building, building tension. I feel it. This shot particularly was really creepy. Is this just daytime? And he's just standing, staring at her, watching her walk to school. Yuck. Do you think the idea is the idea that she was, she looks, reminds him of his sister? You know, I don't know. And it does make me want to watch the sequels because I have questions. God, they don't answer that. Damn it. Another thing that this movie does well is it uses like um, audio cues so he he has a heavy breathing whenever he is near mm. it's like a <sighs> Ew. like him like breathing like through his mask so this shot is just him watching her go and you just hear <sighs> oh no 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 freaky bad nasty um freaky bad nasty freaky bad nasty <laughs> <laughs> And so, okay, then we cut to Loomis. He's at the police station or DA's office or something yelling about how bad this situation is. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like, the guy that got away, this is a big deal and you guys need to be freaking out about this. Like, I know where he's going. He's going back to Haddonfield. And the DA says, you can't drive a car. Haddonfield's 250 miles away. And Loomis yells, he was driving a car just fine last night. Then we see Lori in class, um, kind of zoning out, looking out the window, and she sees a man in a mask staring at her from the street. So he's really making himself known. Um, one of my notes is that Michael Myers has no chill. He's not, <laughs> he's not trying to hide. He is in plain sight in daytime throughout the whole movie. He does not give a fuck. Which is, in a way, scarier, but also kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And he's like a big dude, too, right? He's a big dude. He's in a very cool uh, coverall mechanics mm-hmm. outfit with a very spooky mask. And yeah, so he's just staring at her from the street. She looks. She's freaked out. Then the teacher calls on her to answer a question. She um, nervously like pays attention, answers the question. And when she looks back, he's gone. Oh, boy. So he's he's big and fast. Big and fast. The worst kind. I don't like that. Um, then we're with Tommy at school, or I guess after school, um, being kind of bullied by three other kids. And they're saying, the boogeyman's coming to get you tonight, Tommy. And Tommy's holding a big pumpkin and looking really scared. He's like, no, not me. Uh-uh. And they knock him over and he falls onto his pumpkin and smushes it. And it's really sad. Aww. And the kids run off and one of them runs, boom, straight into Michael Myers, who grabs him by the... Oh my God, this dude's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Grabs him by the shoulders and just scares him and he runs off. Uh, The little kid runs off. And Michael Myers is just watching Tommy... And then he gets into his car, the car that he stole, and drives around the block slowly as Tommy is walking down the street. He's kind of slowly driving next to him, following him, watching him. Mm, Oh, one thing that I wrote was um, I got a, a lot of 
an it follows vibe in this movie and i'm i feel mm. like it follows owes a lot of its cinematography choices probably to this movie which i didn't know until now Ooh, that's cool because one of the coolest things about it follows right not that i've seen it was the cinematography yeah well it has it has the kind of the, so much like long shots really well composed like shots. composed shots yeah so then we go to Loomis. He is in a phone booth pulled over on the side of the road near Haddonfield, and he sees an abandoned truck and walks over to it and sees a dead body. This is where Michael Myers got his mechanic outfit from. Ah, uh, yes. He killed, he killed this man and took his coveralls. And then... It's after school. Lori and her friends are walking home from school. One of her friends is named Linda and one is named Annie. They're walking home after school. And so Annie is babysitting later and they'll have the house to themselves. And so Linda's like, me and Bob will come over. And they're basically all saying, like, we'll be unsupervised once the kids go to bed. And they're very excited. Lori's really rolling her eyes um, at them like, you guys are crazy, whatever. And then as they're all giggling and walking, Michael Myers drives by <laughs> in his car. And I'm certain that it is scary to watch, but it I cannot imagine it being anything <laughs> other than very funny. Uh, just like... This movie is just a series of vignettes where he appears. <laughs> he's where he's so like, he's so constantly present and just like not at all worried about yeah, it's it. Like, you're never wondering if he's going to be there because the answer is he is. He is going to be there. Yeah. No, I did find it pretty funny, but I I do believe that at the time it was really scary, and it is done. It is done well. I don't know. The music is good. The acting is good. All of the shots, the cinematography is good. I'm sure at the time it was fucking scary, but it does seem a little silly now. Really, that character is just funny that he's just like, he can't wait. He can't <laughs> he wait just... to do some murders. <laughs> uh, so he's driving down next to them and he drives by and then one of the girls yells, speed kills, asshole. He's not even driving fast. <laughs> Um, he slams on the brakes and he sits there frozen for a second. We don't know. Is he going to get out of the car? What's going to happen? And then he drives off and they kind of all laugh to themselves. And, um, Linda says, or no, Annie says, I hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor. <laughs> and I just really enjoyed that line. It's good. Okay. So. Annie and Lori are babysitting later that night. And Linda is making plans to come over to where Annie is babysitting with her boyfriend, Bob. Annie's boyfriend is Paul. Linda's boyfriend is Bob. The four of them are planning to all hook up when the kids go to bed at the house that Annie is babysitting at. Lori mm -hmm. says, I'm also babysitting three doors down. We can all, I can hang out with you guys too. Sounds fun. Who's her boyfriend? No boyfriend. 
She says something. Oh, my God. <laughs> she says something. Slots open, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Slots open. <laughs> um, the, so Linda leaves them. They like pass her house. She's like, OK, bye. See you guys later. She goes home. Annie and Lori are still walking <laughs> and down down the those sidewalk in front of them. Michael Myers is just standing facing them. <laughs> Classic. Um, only Lori sees him, and when Annie looks, he's gone. He is. It's there's like a big hedge where he was standing. So Lori's saying uh, he must have hidden behind that he- hedge. Annie runs up ahead, goes looks behind the hedge. Nobody's there, and she's kind of making fun of Lori, like you're such a baby. Um, kind of making fun of her, and at this point also makes fun of her for not really dating, not really having a boyfriend. It's homecoming. She doesn't have a date. Dang. And she's like, you must have so much money saved up from all that babysitting since you never go out with anybody. God, that's brutal. So really rude. She's being a big bitch. Lori says, yeah, guys don't want to go out with me because they think I'm too smart. Uh, She's a nerd. She's got a lot of books in her hands. (laughs) That's how you know. That's how you can spot one. And yeah, she says, guys think I'm too smart. Annie says, I don't think you're too smart. I think you're a freak. You're seeing people where there's no people. Annie's being a really big bitch. (laughs) Very cool. But so then uh, Lori gets home, goes inside. She's a little freaked out. She's seen this guy a couple times now and nobody's nobody else has seen him. Everyone's kind of dismissing her. She goes up to her bedroom looks out her bedroom window again he's there there he st- is staring at her <laughs> um she closes the bedroom window um and lays on her bed and she's like stop being crazy relax just relax the phone rings she answers it stop being crazy <laughs> Bingo. A man has been staring right at you in three different locations throughout <laughs> your day. That's a red flag if I've ever heard of one. Is, that is a red flag. I'd say it's a ca- it's cause for alarm, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets a phone call. She answers it. And nobody speaks. It's just silent. She's yelling, hello, hello. Hangs up. Is freaked out. The phone rings again. And she answers it, and it's Annie. She says, Annie, why did you just call me and not say anything? I thought it was a scary phone call. And Annie says, my mouth was full. I love Annie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Annie is pretty funny, and her performance is wild. It's uh, incredibly It's very funny to take a huge bite and then call someone and then <laughs> hang up. <laughs> Oh, God. And then act like it's the other person's fault that it happened what? to be. My with. mouth was full. Excuse me. <laughs> Let me finish my bite. God. <laughs> and so Annie's calling to make plans to pick up Lori to because t- they're babysitting across the street from each other, basically. She's like, okay, I'll pick you up at 630. And then Lori goes outside to be picked up l- later that evening. And she's wearing a very cool outfit. That's I it I did some digging. It was less than a hundred dollars from JCPenney. Everyone had to buy their own wardrobe in this movie. 
So I guess they just like gave her some money and they were like, go buy some, here's a hundred bucks, go buy an outfit at JCPenney. Whoa, that's cool trivia. And man, she got a good one. She's just wearing some cool high-waisted pants and a Hell yeah. collared shirt. It's pretty simple, but I really like it. I want this outfit real bad. <laughs> so she's sitting on the corner waiting to be picked up. She's looking around nervously. We get a lot of long shots of her kind of scanning the streets, kind of empty suburban streets. He could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And he is. He's most places. He certainly is. Mm-hmm. She's not wrong. And he picks her up. They are driving and they smoke some weed. Hell yeah. Um, they say, we got a little time. Let's smoke a little weed. They smoke. And then we go to Loomis, who is with a, uh, maybe just the groundskeeper at the cemetery. They're going to a cemetery and they discover that Judith Myers, her headstone is gone. So that's who Michael Myers murdered in the opening scene. Yes. His sister. And uh, Loomis says, he came home like I fucking knew it. Yeah. Uh, Then we're back to the girls driving. (laughs) And this part (laughs) really made me laugh. Michael Myers is following them so close. He's tailing them by like six inches. He's riding their bumper. (laughs) There's nobody else on the streets at all. (laughs) Um. And so then they're driving down the street and Annie's like, oh, shit, there's my dad. Put out the weed and put out the weed. I don't smoke weed. Is that a stupid thing to say? Put out the weed. Put out the weed. You can say that, I guess. It's like a joint. Put out the joint. Yeah, there we go. Um, And her Annie's dad is a cop and there's kind of a situation happening at the corner hardware store. They roll up and say what happened. And her dad says, oh, just someone broke in and stole some stuff. He says, just a mask, a rope and some knives. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) Doesn't put it together. Uh, They don't. No one's no one's putting it together right now. They don't seem stressed about it. God, the 70s. (sighs) But Lori is very paranoid about. Did he smell the weed as they're driving away? She's like, I think he probably smelled it. How could he not have smelled it? And Annie's like, relax. Like, he didn't smell it. Now they're talking about the dance. Homecoming dances tomorrow night. Why haven't you asked anybody? I think whatever Billy would love to go with you. Lori's like, that's not really a priority for me. I don't care about that. Um, I love books. I love books. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> uh, then we're back to Loomis who is now at the Myers house with um, a cop and they're looking around and they find a dead dog in the house Uh and the cop says the body's still warm (laughs) and someone says he got Michael got hungry. So the implication is that he ate this dog. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So he's a no. And the cop says he wouldn't he wouldn't eat a dog. No person would ever eat a dog. And that's not true. Loomis says he's not a person. Also, people eat dogs. So they're investigating the house. They go upstairs. They go into the room and there's some noise in the house that scares them or scares Loomis. Loomis jumps and the cop's like, you're really scared, huh? You're really scared of this guy. And Loomis says, yes. 
I am scared of him. I met him when he was six years old, when I was assigned to his case. And I spent eight years trying to reach him and another seven years trying to make sure he stayed locked up because behind his eyes is pure evil. He has no concept of right or wrong. He is pure evil. Do they do they make movies or are is that a, like discussed culturally now or allowed culturally now the idea that someone is just born evil and that's it and there's no like backstory there's no reason there's just I think audiences today want more than that backstory but yeah um this goes back into kind of the insidious conversation we were having of how much explanation how explanation kind of can make things less scary and mm-hmm. how the mystery yeah. is scarier. Um, and there was a lot of interpretations of this movie of um, Michael just being a personification of evil. Mm. So there is no backstory necessarily. I mean, I haven't seen the rest. There probably will. There probably will have been in the sequels. Um, but don't expect one in this. <laughs> I'm not. Um, so now we're at Annie and Lori. They're both um, babysitting. Annie's in the kitchen of her house. She's calling Lori. The dog's barking. There's a, like a German shepherd in the house that she's babysitting for. And No, no, no. Don't tell us about that dog. <laughs> that dog is definitely not going to survive. Um, you never know. Not if he gets hungry. You know what we didn't do? We didn't do predictions for this movie. Oh, fuck. Well, I can tell you one thing. That dog is not going to live. <laughs> um, so Annie is babysitting a little girl named Lindsay. Lori is babysitting Tommy. Annie's yelling, Lindsay, get this dog out of here. This dog hates me. God, I hate this dog. And meanwhile, we're seeing Michael's P- Classic P- Annie. POV. Michael is just watching Annie um, from outside. And um, Annie tells Lori that she set up a date for her for homecoming. She's like, I talked to so-and-so and he wants to go to the homecoming with you and you're welcome. And Lori's really mad and is like, I can't believe that you would do that. You need to call him right now and tell him that I had no knowledge of this and no thank you. And while they're on the phone, Tommy is looking out the window at their house and sees Michael just standing in front of the house that Annie is in and kind of is yelling to Lori like the boogeyman the boogeyman he's here he's also a little bit uh, said to Lori already that he's scared of the boogeyman the kids were bullying him earlier about the boogeyman so he's lost his credibility yeah Um, But also pretty rich coming from Lori, who herself has seen a man three times. (laughs) Pretty rich. Like, I think we should maybe be taking everybody's fears a little more seriously. So uh, then we go back into Annie's house uh, or the house that Annie is babysitting at. She's cooking and she spills all over herself comically. She's like holding a pan and basically throws it on herself. And then immediately... Ruining her JCPenney's outfit. No, that's Lori. That's Lori. 
Um, I'm just assuming she also bought an outfit from JCPenney's. That's fair. A fair assumption. Um, and Annie immediately just rips all of her clothes off in the kitchen. She's like, oh, I've made a huge mess and takes off all of her clothes. And the rules for babysitting were way different. <laughs> <laughs> and she's yelling, Lindsay, Lindsay. Way different in the 70s. Lindsay, I need a robe. And we're seeing this from Michael's POV. He's just watching her get naked and yelling. And she finds a men's dress shirt hanging on a little coat rack in the kitchen, puts that on. We hear the dog barking more and more. It's outside now. And Annie's yelling, get shut that dog up. Um, And then you hear the dog kind of go, Oh. <laughs> and then Annie says, "Oh, never mind. I guess I guess he found love or something." <laughs> she says, "I can't remember what she says exactly, but she's basically, "Oh, no, it's fine. Dog found something else to pay attention to out there." And then we see a shot of um Michael Myers holding the dog and it's only from like the waist down so you see the dog's legs and michael myers's legs and he's basically squeezing it and then you see the legs just go limp oh um so Lori and tommy are watching the thing uh-huh. <gasps> i've heard of it but they're actually oh. watching the original one because it's a remake which i didn't know because john carpenter also directed the thing oh yeah um, but it was Did he direct it after Halloween? Yes. So it hadn't been made yet at this point. That's fun. Yeah. Um, Tommy is really scared. They decide they're going to carve a pumpkin. And then we go to back to Annie. She's going out to do laundry because she spilt food all over her clothes. So she's walking out to the laundry room, which is, a, is separate from the house. She has to walk down a little path <laughs> into a dark garden yard area no no she goes in there and we see a shot of michael myers standing right outside watching her she doesn't see him um but then the door closes and locks so she is locked inside the laundry room and then she's pounding on it saying lindsay lindsay let me out i've locked i locked myself in the laundry room um and she's like, Paul's going to call any second, Lindsay. Then the phone rings inside. Lindsay answers it. Lindsay's, I guess, also six because her and Tommy are friends. No, sorry. Six is Michael Myers. I don't know how old Tommy is. Fuck. I didn't look that up. <laughs> I didn't look that up. Fuck. He's young. Um, uh, probably seven or eight. Six, seven, eight. Something like that. Lindsay answers the phone. And Paul asks for Annie and she's like, I'll go get her and have her call you back. We go back. Annie is stuck in the laundry room. She's trying to climb out the window of the laundry room. So she's opened a window. She's kind of hanging half in and half out, which when you see someone hanging half in and half out of a window while there's a murderer, you know, watching her, it's... uh, it's not good. Tense. It's tense. Yeah, sure. Tense. And then um, the little girl, the little seven-year-old Lindsay or whatever, is walking up to the laundry room now to tell her that Paul has called. And I was very stressed that we were about to get like a really brutal <laughs> double murder. Child murder. Child murder, <laughs> double murder. 
Um, but she goes in, Annie's stuck, and she pulls her out and makes fun of her. She says, Paul called, um, and it's okay. And Annie gets out, and they walk out together. She's like, don't you dare tell anybody about this. And then they go back inside, and the phone rings again. And Lindsay answers it and is like, Annie was stuck in the window. Rats her out real quick. <laughs> Annie's <laughs> Annie's pretty mad. Um, gets on the phone with Paul. They're making plans. How are we going to have sex? And she's like, I will come get you. I'll drop off Lindsay with Lori and Tommy. They can wa- She can watch her for a bit. I'll come get you and bring you back here. And then we can have sex. <laughs> cool. I mean, people are trusting their children with this girl. It's the 70s. It was a different yeah. era. It was a different era. It's true. <laughs> I would never trust my children with an Annie these days. Not with an Annie, no. <laughs> no. So then she takes Lindsay over to the house that Lori is at, I guess Tommy's house. And um, she's like, okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to pick up Paul. I'll bring him back. And if you watch Lindsay for me right now, then I'll call that guy that I set you up on a date with and tell him I cancel it. And she's like, okay, fine. If you do this favor for me, I'll get you out of the problem that I put you in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Annie heads to her car to go pick up Paul and gets in the car. And guess who's in that back seat? Michael. That's right. And he uh, strangles. I, I didn't know for a, se- for a second. I was like, could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> could be anybody. Why are you making me guess? You tell the movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shocker. I don't know. It is Michael. And he strangles her and then stabs her in the neck. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was about Sammy, to say. I love how you t- I love how you tell these plot points like with the same the same level of emotion. And he strangles her and stabs her. <laughs> <laughs> then we move on. <laughs> Next. I thought that he stabbed everyone, so I guess he just he just kills people willy nilly. He'll t- he'll kill him. However, he just loves to kill. He just loves it. He did stab after he strangled. I guess so. There's still yeah. some stabbing happening. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, sorry. he did do a stab. He did a stab. Um. So then after that, Tommy is looking out the window and sees Michael carrying. Annie's dead body into the house and again alerts Lori. There's the, the boogeyman. I see him. He's out there. And she Oof. says, Stop scaring Lindsay. Um, just, you know, chill out. Then we see the bully boys from earlier. The bully boys. The bully boys. They're <laughs> they're like daring each other to go knock on the door at the Myers house, but Loomis is kind of staking out the Myers house because he doesn't know where he is. And that's the only, you know, place that he knows that he might be. So he's just kind of watching to see if Michael will return there. But he knows he's in the town, right? He knows he's in the town. Um, but the, the it's three kids and the kids are like, Lonnie, go up, go up and knock on the door, go knock on the door or whatever. And so this little kid, Lonnie, is walking up to the door. (laughs) Loomis is like in the bushes and he, under his breath and like a silly voice goes, Hey, Lonnie, 
get your ass away from there. And the three little kids freak out and run away. And it just really made me laugh. Is it just Loomis? Is that the house? Oh, well, then right after that, the cop comes up behind him and is like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm telling you, like, this is serious and we need to be vigilant and looking for him. And we can't just like wait to see what's going to happen. Like, we need to be trying to find him all, all the time. So the cop's like, OK, I'll stay with you and I'll like, we'll try to find him. And then Linda and Bob arrive at the house that Annie was babysitting for. She's obviously not there. Nope. They go inside. It's all dark. Um, They're excited because they basically came there to have sex. But they call Lori and say, where's Annie? She says, oh, she went to go pick up Paul. They're like, awesome. We have the place to ourselves. We can have sex. So they do. So Linda and Bob have sex. It's very, uh, their limbs are like flailing about. It's really, (laughs) it's really crazy sex. Uh, Right. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) And not normal. It's very animated. Um, But another thing that I like about this scene is that they have a jack-o'-lantern on the nightstand. So it's like a, like... As if a candle on your nightstand, but it's like an enormous jack-o'-lantern, which is just not how you display (laughs) jack-o'-lanterns. They typically go out on the front porch. In your bedroom for sex. No. (laughs) In your home. In my bedroom for sex. Typically, I put them on a stoop. On my nightstand. (laughs) It's like facing the Mood lighting. (laughs) Spooky mood lighting. It's really funny. They finish their sex. I feel like I'm talking about sex like I'm an alien. <laughs> this thing that these humans they do. They finish doing the sex. Put the weed out. They finish the sex. <laughs> um, and Linda says to Bob, go, go get me a beer. And so he goes downstairs and... Um, he hears a noise and the front door is open and he's kind of opening door. He's being like, okay, Annie, Paul, like stop messing with me. And kind of opens a, a few different closets and then opens one closet and out comes Michael Myers, grabs him by the throat, lifts him like up in the air against a wall He's like a Whoa. foot higher than him. So he's holding him up above him and just stabs him through the stomach, pinning him into the wall behind him. And then strong knife. Let the, well, it's really strong. And it actually bumped for me. <laughs> uh, unrealistic. But uh, and then, yeah, basically pins him to the wall and then takes a step back. So Bob is just dangling there. I was going to say, I mean, for the you saying this is unrealistic, that feels supernatural to me. All of a sudden, Michael Myers feels like a supernatural being. The fact that well, you can just like, lift another grown supernatural. man. The knife thing was, it, you can't just, you don't, it's not like butter. A human body is not like butter. <laughs> well, you also don't just like grab another grown man and just like lift him with one hand. Right. Somebody and could, then- I bet. But they are about the same yeah. size. I I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, most people couldn't. But could somebody? I, now I'm just asking. Like, could The Rock? Probably. Well, yeah, but with such ease and fluidity and knowing what to do, you know. Do you I think mean, there's a video of The Rock doing that? Because I would like to know how hard it is for the oh, world's strongest man. I bet he could. 
Well, but the, the knife thing, I feel like the question isn't about strength. I guess strength is a factor, but it's also For me, about... strength is a factor. I just want that to be clear. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but I just feel like the weight of a human body wouldn't be held up just by one knife in the stomach. Yes, yes, like yes. Like, how big is this knife? And also, like, aren't you going to need this knife? I guess it's going to take the knife out eventually. It's going to waste a knife maybe, on this one. Maybe two knives up at the shoulders. Scarecrow style. <laughs> mm-hmm. But one in the but stomach? that's not what happens. <laughs> it's not what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I think there was kind of questions of... I think Michael Myers was kind of created to be potentially have supernatural, supernatural? elements. He's, I don't think he is, but I think they don't mind you asking that question. Well, I'm just a willing audience member, so happy to do what I need to do. Um, so... He's dangling there, held by a knife, and Michael Myers just stares at him, and we just have, like, a wide shot of him looking at him for so long. I, like, checked to see if it if I had accidentally hit pause, because it's so long, <laughs> and it's really creepy. Um, I think that scene is probably, I, I think that's the scariest scene for me, personally. Um, oh, and this next scene also. So then mm. um, we go back to Linda in the bed naked and waiting for her boyfriend to bring her a beer. The door creaks open mm. and it is a man in a sheet with Bob's sunglasses or I guess just glasses over the sheet. <laughs> so he's funny. Okay, that's that's funny. So Mike, that's, Mike is that's having funny. some fun now. He's in the fun and games portion of the film. Yeah. We're not, but he is. <laughs> yeah, he's having he's having a blast. And Linda, you know, obviously thinks that it's Bob joking around and she asks him a few questions and he just stands there and again <sighs> Because he, he never speaks. He does at not all. speak. He just, he just breathes he's just around. heavily. Um, so he's just breathing, and Linda gets annoyed. Relax in speech, he makes up for in being right there. <laughs> yeah, being, just being too present and mouth breathing. A lot of mouth breathing. Um, so she says, you know, whatever. I'm going to call, I'm calling Lori, and calls Lori. And right as Lori answers, he comes up behind Linda and starts strangling her with the phone cord. And so when Lori picks up, she hears like, uh, uh, like noises that are vaguely sexual, but also dying, dying, sexual dying noises. <laughs> like she thinks that they're making a joke that they're having sex and called her. And so she's like, oh, come on, you guys are disgusting. And then it just keeps going. And she's eventually getting a little freaked out. She's like, are you guys, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, what's what's happening? And then the line goes dead. And she's nervous. And she calls back. And nobody answers. And so Lori is freaked out. Uh, then we go back to Loomis, who is still kind of standing out front of the Myers house, keeping guard or whatever. And he then notices the stolen car 
and sees it. And so now he knows, okay, he's close. He's in this area. It's like, let's kind of walk down this block until we find him. So, okay, Lori goes over to the house that Annie was babysitting at. She's looking for her friends. She walks in. Did she just leave the kids? They're in bed. She went up and checked on them first. They're both asleep. She locks them in um, and brings the keys with her. And she's back or she's at the house across the street and goes inside. It's totally dark in there. She's calling out their names, goes upstairs, sees Annie's dead body laid on the bed with Judith's headstone behind her. Whoa. God, he has a flair. He has a flair for drama. This Michael Myers. the Baba Duke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he just needs a top hat and a cute little outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some cute little goat Uh, hooves. Throw some goat hooves on him and we are golden. And, um, oof, that's a weakness for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lori kind of flings herself back. She's screaming after seeing Annie. Um, and she runs into a closet door that bounces open. And Linda's dead body is in there. (sighs) And she screams at Linda's dead body and Mm -hmm. kind of like stumbles Mm -hmm. back into a different part of the house Mm -hmm. and um bob's body drops man he really knew her stumbling pattern i know he really planned it well he was he also like really had time to position everything this he moves fast oh he's efficient he does he's big and fast that's what we know big and fast (laughs) um so uh bob's body drops down on her she stumbles away from that And she's kind of crying in a corner by a doorway, and it's completely black in the doorway. And we just see the white (gasps) mask kind of appear. Very creepy. And he, Michael Myers, brings the knife up and goes to stab her and misses and just slices her arm and, like, slices her shirt open. So her arm is bleeding. And the force of it knocks her down a, the staircase because she was on the second floor and she tumbles down to the first floor. So she's at the bottom of the stairs. She looks up to the top of the stairs. We see him kind of silhouetted above, like at the top of the stairs looking down at her. Very scary. She tries to jump up to run away, but her, I don't know, she's really hurt herself. So she's kind of stumbling and... um goes into the kitchen and the kitchen door has a lock on it. So she locks the kitchen door uh, and there's um, a a glass door to go out to the lawn. But he has propped a rake up against it on the other side, blocking the handle. So she's wiggling the handle, wiggling the handle, trying to get out. She can't get out. And then he stabs through the kitchen door reaches through, opens the the kitchen door. Well, and that plan didn't work. <laughs> and just and just as he gets in, she she smashes through the glass door, just punches through it, knocks over the rake, gets out, runs. Um she's now stumbling in the street screaming, "Help me, help me, somebody help me, somebody help me." She goes to a neighbor's house pounding on the door. Their lights are on. 
Um, and they hear her yelling and they turn all their lights off. <gasps> um, nobody's coming to help her. What, what the, the fuck? fuck? I know. That's... I was like, this is like a suburban neighborhood. I feel like this isn't. I guess they think it's someone playing like a trick on them for Halloween or something. But also like turning all their lights off is so funny. Like, oh, oh, oh sh- <laughs> she'll think we've instantly fallen asleep over there in the windows going honk shoo, honk shoo. <laughs> we're asleep we're asleep um then she runs back to the house that tommy and Lindsay are sleeping in um but in the commotion she has dropped the keys so she tries to get in you know, oh, she no. can't get into that house so the front door's locked. She's banging on the door. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. <gasps> I know where in. she's going to go. I don't think you do because she's not going anywhere. Oh, she's not? <laughs> but I'm curious as to what you were going to I was going to say she left the key to the Myers. But, oh, but I, that's how he got in. Oh, that would be interesting. But if I were her, I'd be like, oh, here's a place I can get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left the key under the mat. Ooh, I like that. But that's not what happens. I'm so oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, thank you for apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been that. It should have been. I'm going to talk to John Carpenter and Deborah Hill about this. Will you talk to them, please, for me? Yeah, I'm going to okay. send an email. Thank you. We'll do it. We'll do an alternate history. It's fine. Oh, let's do that. Let's talk about alternate histories for all these horror movies. <laughs> what if you didn't go into the basement? What if you didn't drop those every keys? single one ends with, and then they were fine. <laughs> exactly, and that, <laughs> and would then they were fine, and That's then I would fun. sleep at night. And, and their dog is alive, and they fostered another dog. Every dog lives forever. And they're both fine. And they and the ghosts live happily in communion with each other in the home. <laughs> All together. I like that. <laughs> um, um, okay, so no. But so that's she's, not what happens that's not here. What happens. That's not what happens here. So she's <sighs> frantic at the front door, screaming, Tommy, Tommy. She grabs a potted plant and throws it up at the window that Tommy is sleeping in. He wakes up. He's all groggy. He yells like, who is it? What's happening? And she's screaming, Tommy, it's me. Let me in. I'm locked out. Let me in. And we see Michael Myers like slowly walking towards her, getting closer. He's getting closer. She's screaming, let me in, let me in, let me in. And he doesn't run. It's one of those no running. Yeah, exactly. Another it follows thing. Mm-hmm. He's really fast, but he never runs. Yeah, it's so confident. It's just like, yeah, I'll get, I'll murder you when I get there, and I'll get there, and I'll, it'll happen. But just like, yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna break a sweat. I've got things to do. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask. It's very hot. Yeah, I'm taking my time. I am enjoying seeing you scared. That's what it is. Yeah. So. Tommy gets there just in the nick of time right before Michael gets to her. She closes the door in his face. She tells the kids, go back upstairs, lock the door to your room. She's downstairs and she kind of like flings herself in the middle of the living room and is huddled down on the floor behind the couch, sees that the there's like a big like a big floor length window open, I guess, like a screen door almost. But um, she sees that that's open. She's huddled down. She's really scared. And we see her just we see him just rise from behind the couch. He's <gasps> just like stands oh, that's standing behind scary. the couch. <laughs> it's no. pretty scary. 
Um, and not the couch. That's a sacred place. He was behind the couch. <laughs> not okay. Um, I hate it. I hate it. And he has his knife and he lunges at her. She has had some knitting. She brought some knitting with her on this Uh-oh. babysitting. She grabs a knitting needle and Pays stabs him. to be a him. nerd. <laughs> and she stabs him through the neck with a knitting needle. He collapses. And she also collapses down on the couch and kind of peeks over at him. He's motionless on the ground. His knife, he had dropped his knife on the couch when he fell. So she grabs the knife and she's kind of holding it like, is he going to pop back up? Is he going to pop back up? He doesn't. She throws the knife. Don't throw the knife. What the fuck? Apparently that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I read that that's the number one thing that people said to her about this movie afterwards. Like, if anyone came up to her, they'd be like, why'd you throw that knife? <laughs> but yeah, don't throw the knife. Do people. not throw the knife. Um, so she she does throw that knife. And we cut back to Loomis, who is still outside trying to figure out where he is, kind of peeking into each house. Where is Michael Myers? Um, and then. The kids come out of their rooms. They're like, what's going on? She kind of goes up to comfort them. She's like, it's okay. Like, everything's fine. Uh-huh. I he says again, um, Tommy says, the boogeyman, is it the boogeyman? And she says, it's okay. I killed the boogeyman. And Tommy says, you can't kill the boogeyman. And as he says that, we see Mike Myers coming up behind them. She kind of pushes the kids back into their room, says, go back in your room, lock the doors. She runs into another room and opens the balcony doors. They're upstairs now and then hides in the closet. I'm thinking Uh -uh. like trying to make it look like she went out the balcony, but is actually hiding in the closet. Doesn't fool him. He immediately knows she's in the closet. No. But she's like locked it from the inside, I guess. So he's punching at the closet he eventually breaks through the kind of shutters and she, she grabs a hanger like a wire hanger and fashions it into a little poking device and pokes him in the eye hell yeah <laughs> as okay he's, as he's in and he recoils and drops his knife into the closet as he's as he's dealing with his poked eye um she snatches the knife stabs him again in the chest and he falls and he is um, then she throws the knife again <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't believe in knives hot potato hot potato <laughs> <laughs> done with this couldn't possibly need this again Phew. um he's laying on the ground outside of the closet she gets out of the closet um again the kids come back out and she's like, okay, I need you to run across the street to whoever's house, get them to call the police, stay there. So the kids run, leave the house, and then we see an, the shot is framed like Lori is facing camera, and we see, obviously, over her shoulder at Michael, who just slowly raises from <laughs> from laying on the ground and she doesn't see him. She's kind of just crying. And he gets there. He walks up to her, starts strangling her. She turns and faces him. They're fighting. 
she rips his mask off. We get our first look at him. Um, and it is, it, it's just grown up Michael Myers from the beginning. I like was kind of maybe expecting it to be a surprise person, but it's not. <laughs> I'm surprised they even let you see his face. You do see his face. And because she's been screaming this whole time, Loomis has been able to figure out that that's where he is. So right as he's kind of strangling her, Loomis runs up and shoots him. Um, Michael Myers stumbles back and Loomis shoots him, unloads the whole gun. So he shoots him six times and then Michael Myers falls back over the open balcony door, falls off the second story, crashes onto the ground. Then Loomis turns to Lori and Lori says that it was the boogeyman. It was the boogeyman. And he says, yes, yes, it was. And then he goes to look over the balcony to check. And Michael Myers is gone. Can't kill the boogeyman. Can't kill the boogeyman. And then we just get a few shots of the neighborhood with. Getting like louder and louder. And that's the end of the movie. Gotta key it up for a sequel, baby. I like that ending. I like that ending. I will say that I think what makes this movie really good is the simplicity of it. There's literally no real explanation. We don't know why Michael is the way that he is. And I think that's what's always scariest to me is the mystery stuff. I think that's good. But it does exactly like the human brain is, I feel like, wired to want answers. So truly, right after watching it, I was like, well, I have to watch all the sequels because I don't know. I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know, too. I mean, Loomis really wanted to know. And um, he got his answer eight years ago. And then gave Pure up. evil. He's pure yeah. evil. It only took seven years to figure out that it was just pure evil. You got to rule everything else out first, (laughs) which is a seven year process. (laughs) But yeah, a real classic. And I thought we should probably talk about the final girl trope because I can't believe we haven't talked about it. It's been 39 episodes um, and it's such a important thing in horror. And we've done other movies with a final girl, Texas Chainsaw and... Um, 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 alien, even the witch, even, um, mm. midsummer. Yeah, it's just such a a prevalent thing that has really changed over the years. But this is one of the first instances of a final girl. Well, I guess it's a. I I mean I know nothing about this trope, so God, I don't even want to really speak to it because I don't know anything about it. But to me, I mean, there's also to like counterbalance the final girl trope. It, there's also the very classic Madonna horror trope throughout all horror movies, right. which is you know like the whore quote unquote always dies first, mm-hmm. uh, and that's present here as well where everyone else in this movie is obsessed with sex and Laurie Strode is not um Mm -hmm. and John Carpenter and Deborah Hill have specifically said that they did not intend it to be that way that they didn't want it to be like 
sex should should be punished but they wanted i guess they set out to make it more like everyone else is just distracted and Mm. Lori's the only one who is present in the situation she is high well that's another thing that i was thinking and again to go with cabin in the woods another movie about how smoking weed is good saves lives (laughs) better than sex paranoia saves lives (laughs) always be stressed is always be stressed always be stressed never be horny Oh, I like that as a tagline for our whole entire podcast. Always be stressed. Never be horny. <laughs> um, I guess that's it. I guess that's all I have to say. No, Sammy, you did a really good job. Uh, that was that was perfect. Yeah, thanks, Sammy. Um, and okay, I thought of an outro for us. Okay. Is it heavy breathing? No, that's a good one, though. We'll bookmark that. <sighs> okay. Um, no, first, what I think we should do is we should say a lesson that we learned from each movie. For example, don't get haunted or don't get shredded. What did we learn from this movie? <laughs> don't babysit. Wait, what was our catchphrase that we just said a second ago? Uh, always be stressed. Never be horny. That's it. Always be stressing. Okay, great. <laughs> always be stressed. Never be horny. And it's been so nice chatting with you guys. And it's been so nice chatting with you. Um, For context, that's something that Henley actually said to us after a Zoom call one day. And it just made us laugh a lot. Anyway, (laughs) so nice chatting with you. It's embarrassing, but that's how I end all my work Zooms or calls. (laughs) I have so many every day and I have like the same ones all the time. And every single one I'm like, all right, good chatting with you. Oh, it's so funny to me. So Good chatting. I think, I think that should be our ending. Uh, so nice chatting with you. And then this heavy breathing. <sighs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Hi, guys. Sammy here. Thanks so freaking much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show... Please, 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 please um, head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate us. It only takes a second, and it really, really helps us. And if you have some extra time, you can write us a review, too. Um, Also, make sure you follow us on social media. We are at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Stardust. And that's all she wrote. That's a wrap. Um, Original sayings by us. Uh, love you guys. Bye-bye.